0: Welcome to Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion and culture with the personalities that shape it. My guest this week is Stephen Mann. Stephen is a stylist and consultant, otherwise known as the Nonplace. Whether you realize it or not, Stephen's perspective and influence on styling has been a huge reason why you've seen so much variety out there lately. It's pretty safe to say this guy single-handedly made Birkenstocks cool again. The funny thing is, after sitting with him for an afternoon, I actually don't think he is aware of his influence at all. He's so devoted to his craft and the world of fashion, he's maintained this encyclopedia-like knowledge of designers and shows. He really is an influencer's influencer. We talk about him interning with Itor Through, working on Stone Island, his love for Takahiro Miyashita, and we debate whether or not fashion shows should tour. Yeah, like a band would tour? Whether or not fashion shows should. I'm serious. It was a good conversation. We go deep into the avant-garde fashion world this week. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Frank Clegg Leatherworks, a family-owned business handcrafting leather briefcases, travel luggage, totes, and accessories, celebrating over 45 years of dedicated craftsmanship in America, available at frankclegg.com. I've owned my Frank Clegg Leather Tote for years, and it's broken in beautifully. It's the perfect mix of ruggedness and elegance that I can carry when I'm wearing a suit or I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Reach out to the folks at Frank Clegg and tell them Jeremy sent you. That's frankclegg.com. FrankClegg.com. You're Stephen Mann from the non place. From what? What are all these things? Can you like politely introduce yourself and what you are?
1: Um. So yeah, I'm 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 Stephen Mann. I'm live in London, uh, and I'm. I guess I'm a a stylist and a fashion consultant primarily. Um, I guess a bunch of people know me as The Non-Place, which was a website I started when I was at university, which weirdly loads of people read, which was kind of surprising (laughs) at at the time because it was kind of pre, you know, it was way pre-Instagram, it was pre-Tumblr. Tumblr stole the web design as well and turned it into a theme, which was kind of funny when I eventually started using Tumblr. Wait, really? Hang on a minute. There's a theme called minimalist. And this is. That's your theme? The actual, my actual, yeah, is the non place. If you look at like the (laughs) Tumblr theme, minimalist, and then uh, the non place, which I think is still up, I don't know. You can it yeah it's it's fucking like line for line like he like <laughs> come on but anyway um
0: well i'm glad you're on
1: thank yeah. you thank you so much for
0: <laughs> for agreeing to come on um there's a bunch of stuff that i want to get into um but before i i just kind of want to explain to other people who i think you are so you to me have been like a true and this sounds really tacky but i'm dead serious like a true pioneer when it comes to very, very authentic style, but also, um, an idea of how to present yourself. That is like in your world. That's perfect. That also no one else can do. Um, like there's so many brands that I now know because of you and what you were doing from the soloist from early Visvim stuff, because we'll talk about fuck.co UK, uh, I mean, wearing Birkenstocks in ta- with tailored clothing, um, Birkenstocks with socks. Like, as a stylist of the stuff that you've done, it has been mind blowing for me and a lot of other people, and it has definitely rippled throughout the entire fashion industry with all the right people. So, thank you for all of that.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, yeah, it's funny to hear it put that way because, like, you don't really feel that on my side. Like, you know, it's like just like. Just shouting down a hallway <laughs> doesn't really come back, so it's kind of you know, it's 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 you know, it's funny and it's flattering that what I do or have done resonates with with people and and resonates with kind of you know different groups of people. It's you know, it's it's good stuff. It's nice.
0: So, uh, before we get to into everything, so you said you're from London,
1: right? Um, I'm not. I'm originally from a place called Whitstable, which is I don't know. To the Southeast Coast. Okay, it's famous for oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I right. don't like oysters, but you know that's 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 where I'm from. That's that's where I grew up.
0: Well, then how, how did you how did you get to London?
1: Um, I went. So I left kind of home as you do. Kind of, I guess I was like 18, and I went to university in Brighton, mm-hmm. um, where I studied illustration, which I sucked at. The terrible student, I kind of just dragged my sort of myself through that right that degree um you know to the kind of frustration probably of kind of everyone who's trying to teach me i was pretty more interested in buying sneakers and just grew up but didn't and sort of grew up creatively but just not really into kind of the field i was studying um but you know i met some of my close friends there and kind of people who i still collaborate with now so you know it's like seminal in in who i am yeah but you know the degree was fucking useless <laughs> you know it's just it was just a debt that i had to pay okay. um you know i probably learned more or kind of like you know like working in size which is like a sneaker chain in the uk probably kind of was maybe more formative than what i learned at school day to day probably because i spent more time working in that shop than i spent at university right um you know a kind of university just sort of wrapped up with kind of like being kind of like hauled in front of my tutors during the kind of assessment thing and they're just going what are you going to do with your life and i was like oh, i'm going to be a stylist i'm going to go to london and they just fucking laughed me out the room just so, laughed me out of the room and it was just like well, oh, you, right, you cool. wanted to be a stylist in college like this is well i kind of well i kind of figured it out during college so kind okay. of probably again like due to my frustration like my general sort of creative frustration of like right this thing i thought i was good at mm-hmm. like i thought i was good at drawing like which you know, it's funny to anyone that knows me now, because I probably could, you know, barely legible handwriting, let alone <laughs> drawing skills. But, you know, one of my best friends went into fashion photography. And, you know, we were just all into kind of into fashion magazines. Fantastic Man had just started up, right. you know, and we were just like, you know, and then off the top of that, you know, then I had like Huge Magazine, all these kind of magazines from Japan. Like, that was just, you know, the internet was just kind of, opening up just enough that you could just like basically get shit from anywhere and i was really into that
0: so you're in university and you had said that you want to become a stylist like before that what kind of got you into clothes in general i mean you said it was sneakers but
1: yeah i mean sneakers was you know from being a kid was just something you're just into i'm of that age Mm -hmm. so it's just like oh i want this and like you can't have it so it's like (laughs) oh, i want you know so then you kind of, like, you know, you get into kind of, like... What was I your
0: first know. thing? Like, your first sneaker, your first, like,
1: um, unattainable think,
0: but achieved?
1: I think it was kind of, like, the Hirachi LE. So that came out when I was in primary school, and I remember kids having it. Like, I remember kind of, you know, being like, fuck. That's These are the Nikes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's amazing. And I was like, you know, in the kind of, like, slime green, color white, like slime green, royal blue or something. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's just... Just a dope shoe, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Like, but I couldn't have it because you know my parents are just like, "You're not having that." (laughs) You know, like at eight years old, like you know, it's probably another year or two years till I was even allowed a pair of Nikes, and you know, they certainly weren't those ones. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's something I always held as a as a child, like because you couldn't have it, right? You held these objects in great regard. So you know, fast forward to kind of washing dishes in a restaurant. And suddenly you have your own money and you're like, oh, I can, you know, I can buy these things. Yeah. It's like I got a little pocket money. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do with this money. So I'm going to go buy, just buy a pair of sneakers every week. And, (laughs) you know, and that was at the time where kind of things were being reissued. Right. So you could suddenly be like, oh, yeah, I can go and get that. Yeah. And you still kind of had to kind of know someone because where I'm from, particularly when I was growing up there, you know, it's like the backwaters.
0: Yeah, it's, the hideout didn't exist yet.
1: Uh, The hideout existed then. Oh, but okay. Kind of where I'm from, you know, like, it's a long fucking way from the hideout. <laughs> you know, like, you had a couple of sports shops, but, you know, this is pre, this is sort of pre or maybe just at the beginnings of things like size existing. Oh, okay. I'm not sure foot patrol existed then. Maybe again it was in it. But at that stage, like, you know, we're talking like at fourteen, fifteen, like the like the hideout and things like that are just like a myth. They're spread in the face magazine, right? You right. Know? So it's you know that you kind of you know at that stage I probably wasn't even allowed to go to London, so I probably wasn't even going to London shopping. And it would be several more or a couple more years until you sort of I would have gone to London with my kind of my wages and then sort of you know walked the streets of Soho, kind of you know cuz you don't have maps you don't have google maps you, you know yeah. so you like right i know there's a babe shop here there's a hideout here there's stussy here roughly i don't really know where here is <laughs> so i'm just going to like walk with my girlfriend up every single fucking street in soho until i find these places yeah and then there's nothing in there or it's like way more money than i can afford to spend but you know you're like oh, i could see that I could, you know buy a supreme t or i can like buy a bathing eight t-shirt or i can buy a stussy nike collab or a stussy baseball cap it's like, right you know it was like at that point you know it's sort of 16 17 18 like it was so like that was such a distant vision yeah you know like london's super intimidating it's like you know because you were just looking at these people who worked in shops and they were just like coolest fucking people you've ever seen and nothing like anyone you knew right and you're like, oh, this is, you know, I want to, you know.
0: <laughs> so, in in terms of like you becoming a stylist, so you're in, you're in university. Yeah. Some friends of yours are becoming photographers and good photographers. Yeah. Did it start out with, oh, um, we need someone to make these models
1: look good? I mean, not that- really. Like, so my friend, we didn't do a photo shoot together till maybe five years ago. Oh, okay. So it was kind of, it wasn't really like that. It was more kind of like how that picture in the magazine got in the magazine Mm -hmm. because it's like you have to remember it's like there was no fucking explanation of any of this like there was like you know like i didn't know anyone who worked in fashion anyone who i don't really know i don't think i even knew that's it's like anyone who even worked for a brand right you know that this world was like so far away like you know like the closest connection you had to kind of something was like manager in a shop who maybe did a buying appointment once or something <laughs> okay. you know so it's like it, this world was like really unattainable as you gradually kind of like oh okay that's how that happens and like that's how you can assist someone and like that's what a stylist does because i you know as a kid you look at these pictures and be like why have they put stuff like that together like why is that why have they shot that brand why have they done you know like how did this, how did this happen? Right. Like whether it looked cool or you liked it or you didn't like it or whatever, you're just like, How did this how did this come about? Yeah. I need so you'd start to research more and then kind of you know, so I came across this book um called The Super Modern Wardrobe, which, you know, I recommend
0: The Super Modern Wardrobe? Yeah. Okay. You can I'll, probably
1: I'll, still get it on Amazon. I'll um, put it in the notes. You should get it. Um and I started reading that and I was like, Oh, you know like wow there's all this stuff that was kind of from sort of before i was really like this it sort of documents kind of like a sort of 90s kind of minimalist movement mhm um so it's like kind of like ideas for the future so it's like a time ironically a time that kind of well obviously a time that i've not been an adult in but kind of like a time when kind of culturally like we were looking forward like as a as a world like we were looking at the future Mm -hmm. and like the idea of kind of like what do we need in the future which has happened obviously culturally before and kind of you know sort of post-war and things like this but you know the last time this for me was really relevant was probably in that that period and you have brands like kind of final home vex generation which is funny as they've just announced they're going to reopen um, it's like clothing as utilities. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like you know, but like like functional with a purpose, kind of mm-hmm. like you know, like Miranda Duck making like a jacket that had like an inflatable like headrest in it. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> right. kind of like you know, it's like clothes for kind of like how our life's gonna be in the future, like clothes that improve our life or integrate into our life, and not necessarily a fashion statement. Um, and sort of the 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 culture of what that was. Mm-hmm. So that's how the non-place. Name, came about. Ah, so in I think kind of the opening section of that book, possibly the foreword. Um, it talks about these non spaces. So a non space is like a, a, a space we transition through. Um, but we're not supposed to stop in. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a street. So a non space is like a I don't know, like a walk, just a walk through. Like maybe it's like the pavement. Okay. Um, you know, so it kind of exists, it's like a completely relevant part of our urban environment, but it's not really something where we're supposed to kind of do anything in particular. Interesting. Um, you know, it's A to B. So and I thought, oh, you know, well that kind of is like the street. And yeah. I'm interested in kind of stuff you wear on the street, so I'm gonna call the, the blog the non place right and like and that was that was how that's yeah in a roundabout way that's how we got to the yeah that's how we we got to the name interesting um and so that was kind of where i was like okay that's what i'm doing that's what i'm going to do kind of my final project at uni oh so what? Wow, you're to kind of the bemusement of you know i just didn't know i didn't consult anyone on this i was just like i'm going to start a blog and i got like a friend at uni to kind of help me kind of do oh. that and somebody else I knew on a forum who I never met kind of did the like took the design and made it back and he still hosts it for me now and you know I just like okay cool and then I thought you know I'm gonna do a fashion shoot so I just like emailed like next generation and was like hi um I'm doing this fashion shoot blah blah, blah 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 can I borrow some stuff and they were like all right, come to the studio. You know, so oh, wow. So I went to like deepest, darkest, what felt like deepest, darkest London, like, which is actually kind of like...
0: Was it North London?
1: It's East London. So it's okay. like basically like off... It's like... It, well, it was. It's not anymore because I don't, they don't have that studio anymore. But it was like, you know, two streets off of Broadway Market. Like this is like super gentrified area now. Yeah, And it probably was then... But, you know, from somebody who's not from there, yeah. you know, from you sort of turn up on like Bethnal Green Road, you're like, fuck. Right. And, you know, so I just was like, took my bag and was like, cool, I'm going to go up here. And then, you know, they were like, oh, so it's a university project. Well, we wouldn't normally loan you stuff for this. <laughs> and I was like, but... How did they find out? Did you tell them? Well, like, yeah, because oh. I just was like, because I thought they kind of That's understood good. from what I wrote. And they yeah. were like, oh, you know, anyway, <laughs> just take it, bring it back. And and yeah they were just sort of super cool about it and just i went away and i made this kind of photo shoot with some friends um i don't even know what i did with it i was looking for the pictures from it the other day because one of the photos of this boy in this vexed parka turned up on kind of um an amazing vintage fashion stores instagram feed and i was like hang on a minute i recognize that picture (laughs) (laughs) that's why i was like where the fuck did they get that from but and yeah it was cool you know like it's completely unrelated thing but it's like oh wow that sort of traveled and so i made this photo shoot and i used some like yeah i used some vex stuff some vex stuff that i bought on ebay some final home stuff that i had some final home stuff i borrowed from um uh a friend who had a retail shop um and kind of we just made these pictures and it was kind of like okay and then i printed them out and put them on my put them on the wall uh, thing there you go college and they were like uh, yeah you basically failed like, <laughs> yeah, like for real yeah, because like, they're just like, what, yeah, what is this? A
0: fashion shoot it, as, a, as a final
1: yeah, thesis. Yeah, and it's, yeah, you know, like, it, it had no, like, it, I was just, this is what I wanted to do. I was like, this is what I wanted to do with my time. This is what I'm going to do. And like, yeah, obviously, you know, like, in that process with a bunch of other, like, just bullshit stuff I'd done. Right. <laughs> I'd like, just done like at night before, like, I just, yeah, you know, <laughs> I checked out. I didn't care at all. <laughs> and yeah, and they just looked at me, just like, yeah, just laughed me out the room.
0: So the non voice begins. You are yeah. whether you realize it or not a stylist. And when when does I mean because the thing that I remember mm. when I had first met you is you were doing things for Arcteryx, and uh, I think you had just started with Missoni. Well, yeah. When does that come in?
1: I mean that's that's quite a long way. I mean, I mean, I mean, career wise, probably kind of not that far. But I suppose I went from. So I kind of left uni with kind of, you know, that sort of instant sort of being the last sort of moment. Okay, you know.
0: But you know you can do it now.
1: Well, I was like, this is what I want to do. I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing, far from it, or even how I was going to do it. But I was like, you know, I had sort of, I was like, this is what I want to do. So, right, how am I going to get into this? So I went back to mum and dad's, into my little box room and, you know, messing about on forums buying and selling sneakers, yeah, buying clothes, just just sort of engaging in the only way I kind of really had which was through through the internet. I was like oh, okay, you know. And then like one day like my friend who's photographer was like, "Do you want to go and assist on this photo shoot with this designer? It's like it's tomorrow morning." Right. And I was like, "Yeah, of course. Yeah, i I'll just, I'll just do it." And I just sort of rocked up and kind of, you know, like that was a really sort of seminal like moment. I didn't know it then. And we just sort of worked like lunatics on this photo shoot for like three or four days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we worked just so hard. And it was just like, but, but I didn't care. I didn't care that I was tired. I didn't care that it was kind of like exhausting. It was just like, this is exciting. um You know, and that designer was kind of, you know, like, he was just like right would well, you want to come and work on my show like you know just intern at the studio for the rest of the summer and i was like yeah obviously i do and who was so, this uh this was with ito fruit so okay. like ito i'd already sort of admired cause he did this obviously his his master's collection at royal college was again like a very sort of seminal collection it was it was you know incredible and just and then he did this photo shoot which he did with a photographer who's was one of my friends at uni which again is still one of my favorite editorials that exists now and i was like so i was already just, oh, i want to meet this guy you know and you're just like
0: and now you're working for him
1: yeah just or like, well, him. yeah you just like you know you just put it out there kind of And you i mean this is the thing it's like say it out loud then maybe it'll fucking happen and right. kind of in my career that's kind of like what's happened just sort of you know and yeah, so I, I went and I just, you know, just worked all the hours at God send in his studio with, like, his girlfriend uh, and another guy, mayor um, who was a, someone he graduated with at the Royal, um, who's now a very close friend and someone I work with still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we just worked and worked and worked on this, you know, again, this collection, which was just out of this world. You know, this was his funeral of new orleans collection you know and the level of intensity that goes into creating his work is just it's just like nothing you've ever experienced and probably nothing you ever will Mm -hmm. and you know but at that moment in time it was just i'd never been in an environment like that i'd never worked with someone that intense that dedicated that driven you know and it was just incredible and we just you know everyone that was there that just walked off of fucking cliff with him to achieve what he wanted to achieve and it was it was incredible and it taught you you could do anything if you just worked you just went for it you know right and you just thought fuck it we don't need to sleep you know and I can remember (laughs) like you know there were days when we did like the final sort of components of that project you know and we just didn't sleep for like you know two three four days at a time you know we might have been sleeping in one hour shifts yeah it's like right we've got an hour we can each have an hour's sleep because we've got four hours before we have to go back to the photo shoot to finish this thing so we just like do like hour things and it's just you know just that's intense yeah (laughs) it, it sounds intense in reality it's just you it's just beyond but but it was incredible. Like, you know, that atmosphere, that energy was just, you know, at that time was just was just something else and you were just creating something you were just so invested in. Right. Like, even though you're the smallest part of it, you're just you know, you're just so kind and it was, you know, it was incredible, like and you know, I saw work created there with my eyes you know, right in front of me that was just, you know, still some of the kind of most incredible singular things I've seen produced or made anywhere in anything. Right. You know, it was, you know, it, it was it was a really, really sort of important time. So, you know, and then I just lived on my friend's sofa, you know, a four-foot IKEA sofa. I just lived on their sofa five nights a week for eight months I think (laughs) in the you know this shitty flat that was like boiling hot in the summer freezing cold in the winter like you know and it was but none of us had anything none of us had any money no one was working they were all like becoming like photographers or they were going to be a stylist or they were going to be a illustrator they all are now but it was just kind of, you know, yeah, we just didn't have, oh, we actually had even less than we had at university. Right. Which is <laughs> kind of like nuts. It's like, yeah, you just, yeah, you're just kind of, you know, but you just didn't care. Right. I mean, just It didn't matter. It wasn't, it wasn't what was going on. And so we finished that project for our tour. And then, like,
2: I think... That sort of project
1: kind of finished and then kind of I sort of I still worked with ITO in an outfit studio for many years after that and worked on many other projects and but then I kind of also went and started to kind of do little bits of assisting as a stylist because I was like, look, this is you know, it was this amazing. It. Like working with a designer was like a total sidetrack. Mm-hmm. It taught me so much and was so beneficial to who I am today and how I articulate what I do. But it wasn't like something I meant to do. Um, But I was just like, you know, in the end, I just wanted to work with someone who inspired me. And this person inspired me. So I was like, I just want to be here. Just, this is the energy I need to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I went to kind of work. I sort of assisted, um, was an intern at a fashion magazine. And I just, you know, help people on photo shoots, help call in stuff and kind of, I learned, you know, very, very basic sense. Okay, this is how you do a fashion shoot. This is how you speak to a PR. This is kind right. of, you know, like how you you in clothes? But valuable stuff because this is like... Like, like really valuable stuff because if <laughs> yeah. you can't do it, or you haven't got someone you can do it, you can't do a photo shoot. Yeah. The people in that building, so obviously this was kind of when before like, you know, publishing houses kind of, don't really exist anymore don't yeah there aren't so many of them like so there were obviously lots of other publications in that in that same publishing house and you're just in and out of fashion cupboards as you are as an assistant or different fashion editors like oh you know what's that what what have you got there like what you know what's this this thing like or like they'd somehow other sort of picked up and they started reading my blog because it was on my email address or whatever Mm -hmm. and they're like what's this What's that? Where do you get that? How did you find that book? You know, because they're just like anyone. You're just curious when someone's either got something you didn't know about or is maybe into something you're sort of want to know about. Mm -hmm. Um, Be that clothes, be that books, whatever. or, Or can just find something you can't find. Yeah. You know, because you have to remember it's like kind of, I suppose, that's what like buying, sourcing sneakers on the internet, taught me it's like,
2: mm,
1: do you know how to? Do? Yeah, like basically, like no, that's a good it's point. quite straightforward to find stuff. But it's like, you know, this we're talking like this is ten years ago, I suppose. You know, and so it's like, right? I'm like, I can just buy this stuff from Japan. Yeah, it's it was published in Japan, so I can buy it from Japan, and it's like cheap there, and it's really really rare here. Yeah, or you just can't get it here, yeah. but I can get it. <laughs> so, you know, if you need it, I can get it. And, you know, so it's it, it it made you interested. There was something you could talk with someone on a level about. Right. Where you kind of weren't an intern.
0: You're becoming more of a peer because you have stuff
1: that
3: they need Yeah, I mean, You know, wanna, you're still yeah.
1: like a dog's body for doing other stuff. But that's, you know, like that's what you're there for. Like that's how you learn. Right. Like, you know that that's how you learn how to do stuff is is going and doing it and you start at the bottom um but then you had this thing where you could talk with people on kind of like a level as like just as uh just as a person like just because you could tell them something they wanted to know and in turn maybe you learned something that you wouldn't have learnt from them otherwise
0: yeah but your blog kind of definitely elevated you a bit right because this is also at a time i think if this is 10 years ago then You know, you were doing kind of like fit pics and stuff, but kind of hiding your face or turning away. And this is when you were, I mean, I guess I don't know if this is because I remember you were wearing Visum grizzly boots a bunch. Yeah. And you were like rocking them with all these other uh, different types of looks. And yeah, like what you were saying earlier, mixing technical stuff with a little bit of tailored clothing.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, that was sort of starting then. I mean, kind of like those things are kind of several years further on. Right you know and i mean those things you're talking about wouldn't have even existed at that stage the products didn't exist but also kind of certainly kind of the money or access to those things was a long way away (laughs) um but it was kind of you know like i could get something i mean i was wearing like Visvim fbts and things like that at that stage like japanese denim and whatever and it's like these things were super niche at that point like of course kind of you know the hideout was doing this stuff I suppose, like, you know, Duffer had been doing Japanese denim for probably 10 years prior to that and things, you know, like all these kind of, like, seminal kind of retailers who, you know, ultimately kind of, like, you know, were the things that kind of, like, you know, made your eyes like up when you picked up a magazine right. when I was a kid. You know, like, now you're in the city where they were and kind of, you know, I think Duffer probably even was, had closed or was, closing certainly was you know a shadow of its former self at that point right but you know the hideout was still there and kind of but again i was like well i can just find this stuff from you know i was like oh, I'd get it from japan or i get it from the u.s or i get you know i was like you just you could get stuff at sort of source so i was kind of right unless it was an exclusive and then you you could you know you needed to get it here but yeah like the blog was just you know so oh, i got this or, i got this and you know it was like it was just somewhere where i could sort of in a way it's just like i suppose it's what a blog is you know you could just you could just think out loud and i quite like thinking out loud Mm -hmm. you know i you know it sounds like a i sound like a lunatic but you know i like i need to hear it to work out whether it's kind of like sensible or yeah verbal verbal processing yeah exactly like that's just how i work um So that allowed me to do that and it allowed people to understand that I had a point of view. It kind of gave my point of view a platform in the same way kind of obviously the channels that have evolved from that Mm -hmm. do for a lot of people now. It was just earlier on. So that kind of gave me my sort of first breaks and kind of allowed that certain magazines, editors to go, well, do you want to do something? You know, that was the sort of start. And then at a different magazine, um, one of the fashion editors at the other magazine I was working at, who also was the editor of this magazine said, you know, do you want to do something? And I was like, well, I know this collection's coming out. There's this designer in Berlin. He's called Errolson, you know, and he's just started working with Stone Island. I really want to do like, I think we should shoot like that collection, you know, because I I was like, this is really exciting. And they were like, we don't know what the fuck this is. This is acronym, right? This is, acronym but then this is stone island shadow project right so this was happening and i kind of knew about it and again this was kind of i knew about this because it was i was telling it when a a lunch break once oh i know this this amazing designer he's doing this cool shit in berlin like you know you should look at his stuff and he's like i've met this guy because i was doing some consultancy at stone island and starting obviously the beginnings of the project. You would have seen from him at Stone Island, and they were both starting at the same point. It was like this is a let's say a change of ideas, I guess, at Stone Island. Like, okay, I don't know when this was, but anyway, like whenever whenever Stone Island Shadow Project started, <laughs> this is when it was. And he was like, "Oh, I met that guy," and I was like, "Oh, really?" So we established that. Yeah, this was this was going. You know, this was sort of going on, and
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: think. I
2: think I might have sort of spoke to in by this time. Like, he he somehow or other read
1: The Non-Place, you know, Internet's a Strange Place. Yeah, God you're, ge- knows, you're getting like, passed around. How, you know, like how this, again, this guy who was doing just, you know, again, like some of the most like progressive stuff and still is, knew who I was or was even sort of like, Thinking, looking, thinking. Oh, this guy's got an opinion. Yeah. You know, this fucking kid's got an opinion. Like, and you know, he's just this, you know, incredible sort of designer who's obviously again become gone on to be an incredible friend and supporter. And you know, and I said, I said to the girl at the magazine, like, oh, yeah, I, I can probably ask him for an interview. And of course, he did it, and we made these pictures. Um, you're getting kind of my, my life story here. So it's
0: no, this is great.
3: This but, is good
1: you know and so i did that and then i suppose ito must have been doing his first i think we were doing his his. i was assisting him and helping him and he was doing his first presentation of his um would have been modular anatomy okay was kind of a puffer jacket project so or a down jacket project and he kind of reimagined the down jacket and made this incredible kind of well essentially modular every sort of down pocket was a an individual pocket and then they were kind of stitched together in a seamless manner Mm. um it was you know it's it's a mad piece of kit (laughs) you know really just you know like the most like if there's like a painful way of doing something you know like that's that's what he'd do and you know i was fortunate enough to sort of witness how that came to be from like twinkle in his eye to a finished product that I must have gone with him to help him just install the model of it at this sales presentation and I was there and kind of you know sort of Errolson walked through the door because he was obviously presenting his must have been his second collection for Stone Island at this point um and he's with a lady and he said, Oh, you know, you should meet this lady and like um she's from Arteryx. This That's, is
0: pre-Solomon acquisition, in Arcterics, right?
1: It was pre it was pre valence. So kind yeah. of like Arteryx Valence was like a a sort of a twinkle in their eye. Um they were kind of in the process and kind of I don't know what she was doing there, like, or why they let her in there. Like it was a bit weird. But <laughs> You're like now that I think of it. <laughs> like, but anyway, like she was there on kind of I guess like a research trip like a sort of like understanding and kind of work and sort of just meeting with Elson and right and anyway don't you and and I said okay cool nice to meet you and and sort of that was it but Elson sort of said to you know this is the guy this is you know going like you know you should work with this guy like you know just being just this incredibly supportive person which he's always been for no real reason other than just being like a really fucking good guy and just right
0: just He's not getting anything out of it. He's just no, being he's a just, good friend. he's just
1: super supportive. Like, he's just the most collaborative, most supportive person. Like, he's just, you know, again, he's just, like, he's not, he's just never somebody who's sort of, who's looking to take. He's just, just, yeah, he's just, like, happy and just kind of, you know, he's always just been there. He's always done, you know, whenever we wanted to do a project, he'd been there, like, and he would just sort of bend over backwards. I remember arriving in Berlin to do a project and then with him, and him just be like we hadn't organized the hotel and he just oh yeah and he just sort of you know was at a time when we just had nothing and he just puts in a nice hotel and just said oh you know what you're doing this on me just you know forget about it oh wow that's really generous you know he just but that's that's who he is and he was just super collaborative for someone who's so busy and like just so beyond in terms of like experience, intelligence, just everything, but it's just an open book. Mm-hmm. Wants to listen, wants to collaborate, wants to kind of engage and like, um, sort of wants to learn. But kind of you know will just tell you how it is. And you know he's someone who's been there in my career right the way through. Um, no, I had never no idea. really. I don't think we've ever worked together. Or maybe the closest thing was like I. I helped a little bit on like a a project a video project or the the presentation they did in berlin for his first nike sneaker okay that's like the closest we've come to sort of working together um and it wasn't really kind of working together (laughs) um but you know but something he facilitated which was which was which was great right um so yeah and then that that meeting that chance meeting kind of progressed to my first real job which was to kind of um do a photo shoot for our valence for before they launched yeah um and what year is this this is 2000 and it been mean, 2008 into 2009 okay yeah okay um and yeah i mean like on that on that side with that person that's like or that client that's like the rest is history you know worked and collaborated with them, you know, for eight years now, nine years now maybe. Yeah. And you know, fascinating fascinating place to work and learn from, you know, like you just I've been really fucking fortunate in my career that I've got to work with people who are just experts. Uh Uh-huh. And been around experts, been around people who just wanna progress whatever it is they're doing or
2: develop like yeah, just, just great product
1: and just stuff you're just like i believe in this and it was kind of you know like that was a really interesting sort of project because you kind of again it's like you when you're involved in something from the beginning mm-hmm. it's interesting you get all the good you get all the bad but you get you're seeing something sort of growing front and it's like you don't have any sense of ownership because you don't have any ownership because it's not
2: yours but you sort of there's
1: Okay. there's more like pride that goes into it yeah because it's more like you know it's sometimes it's more than just a job because you're just like wow this is really exciting and you know and i and i got to work you know there i got to be a part of a very very small team again you know that's that's changed a lot over the years and it's yeah you know, valence is huge now. it's it's very different um and i'm not a member of staff there anymore um although i still work with them Um, and You know, and that's that's the difference from eight years, you know, to where they are now. But it was again like that was like a fascinating journey, and working just with like just just great product, just like you know, super relevant product, which was basically always super relevant now, and really like, but you know, when they launched it, it was just like, you know, it might as well been from the fucking moon. You know, (laughs) everyone else was just like, you know, doing. Like wax jackets, and
0: it's true that they launched right around the time of of the hashtag menswear, the barbers, and it was just
1: expensive and just like, and it was just, it was just not very futuristic, but it's like,
0: it's pretty, it's pretty damn good,
1: but yeah, but it stood up to it. It was Mm -hmm. like, you know, like it was just legit, no cut, no corners cut, just really, really like right product, yeah, totally wrong time, but. You know, it's seen it's seen through that, Yes. and kind of you know, is what it is now, and will be what it will be as it goes on. But it was it, it was interesting, like, and it's kind of that opened up, sort of, you know, seeing trade show and things like this, right? You know? Cause yeah, like
0: just, going to capsule and things it, like that.
1: Exactly. This is before. I don't know. I'm a minute. Maybe it might have been capsule.
0: I think that was the no, first time. I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think it might have been capsule, and just yeah, it was again like I could just see and could learn and kind of apply my perspective mm-hmm. and and help a team achieve what they wanted to achieve um and that was kind of like, yeah, that was like my first first job, which meant I was like, okay,
2: I've got a tiny little piece of sort of structure right in my life, you know I'm like
1: right, we can rent an apartment and can you know not be sort of living in an overdraft (laughs) and you know and that and that was sort of cool and i suppose yeah that was like 2008 2009 so that's kind of how we got that's how we got there like that's how we got to having kind of like a sniff of like a real job right um
0: well one of the things that you so there's a lot of people that i know who are air quote stylists yeah right and I think one of the most challenging things for any stylist or any person who uh who sees himself as that is understanding that their individual style doesn't always translate to everyone else's. And I think one of the things that you do really really well is that you have your own style, like like the stuff that you've done like mixing like Carol Christian Pohl and soloists and, and like super advanced Nikes to Birkenstocks with tailored clothing and all this other stuff, that, at least at the time when I saw it, was nowhere near what anyone else could wear and like pull off, right? And, but when you started working with, you know, so Arcteryx, uh, Missoni and all these other brands, you would see a little bit of, of what you were doing and what you were pushing um, down the runway in terms of like how it was put together, but it wasn't so. F- it wasn't like identical copies of you. And I think that that's something that other stylists I've seen in the past—they more like know how to dress themselves and are comfortable with themselves, and so they just style these these shoots that are basically copies of them. And while that that may be cool, it it people see that and they go, "Whoa, I can't do that." like i think one of the things that and you can you can disagree with me uh, one of the things that like make really good like styling uh like campaign successful is that it's it's a little bit aspirational maybe crazy aspirational i mean i've seen stuff that you've done we'll get into later but like a little bit aspirational but also like oh okay i bet i could i could look a little bit like that and that's that like fine line that i think you've always been able to walk really well
1: i mean yeah i mean I didn't learn from anyone how to do what I do. I didn't assist long enough or in depth enough to really to really do that. You know, like mm-hmm. it, I just didn't. I didn't work with anyone who was kind of really doing what I've gone on to do. And probably a lot of my peers don't really work in the same way as me. They maybe have more traditional channels or different. I don't really know many stylists anyway. Like, um, but it's. I just was like, "This is how I think it should be." Like, this is how I need to articulate what I want you to do, or what I think is best for you. And obviously, like, it's very different from like, you know, like if you've got like an editorial idea or a consultancy, like for a client. And it's like right. when you work with a client, it's like I have to put, I have to go for a filter. So I have to uh, like it's it's all about the client. It's like they're you know they're paying my wages, <laughs> they're paying yeah. for my opinion, but they're not sort of like. But for them to succeed, for a product to be a success, for a look to be a success, for a kind of a show or a lookbook or whatever, you know, like I have to try and capture what it is at the heart of what they're trying to say or what at the heart it is they do best, because if I don't amplify that if i don't communicate that i'm not really taking them anywhere i'm not really giving them something they can take that they can have value from so for me like it's that's what i'm you know i i want to sit with them and sort of improve like the cut of a
2: trouser or the shape of a
1: jacket or you know not just like this will look cool in a picture. I can make it look cool in a picture. It's like, I want it to be cool on a, on a hanger. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be cool on someone if they wear it in real life. And I want it to be like, I want it to live up to expectations. I want it to live up to my expectations, but I want it to live up to their expectations. I don't want it to live up to kind of this supposed customer types, expectations, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like, so, you know, so a lot of my work is, it's, it's, it's not just like, let's do this, it'll look cool. It's like, okay, well, you know, who do you want this to look cool on? Right. Who is he or she, but mostly he, like, and kind of, you know, what, what do we want? What are you about? What do you do as a designer or a fashion house or whatever? Like, what are you, what are you really amazing at that no one else is amazing at? How can we amplify that? How can we give you something you can own or amplify what it is you own, not spend loads of time making something that actually you don't own and isn't really isn't really adding value because
2: it's just, it's, it's not what someone's looking for from you. You yeah. know, and it's like, and yeah, I mean, it was just, but I didn't have any kind of like, structure for how to do this i just was like this is what i think and
1: you know maybe i was fortunate enough that i was just just articulate enough to kind of like make someone believe like which is kind of what you're doing when you create imagery when you create
0: yeah i mean it's definitely a...
1: like somewhat like for me like work has to be there has to be an element of like believability or kind of like, you know, there has to be a romanticism of an idea. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like, but I kind of need to believe it could have sort of happened, whether that's an editorial image or like, you know, show or whatever, like you just, you know, I want,
2: cause I need to connect to something real. So it's just kind of like a part of that.
1: Um, but yeah, you know, that that's kind of how, how those things sort of come about and like to, and then for editorial,
2: slightly different because I don't do so
1: much of it. And I don't, I mean, rarely do I, re- did I ever really get given a brief. So I could kind of Like a creative just, brief? Yeah, where someone's okay. like, do this. So I just sort of did what I wanted. I, I mean, because
0: like, you had done some stuff for Inventory Magazine when yeah. Inventory Magazine was around that. To me, I saw and I was like, wow, I could <laughs> I could never look like that, but this looks so good. Maybe I can like get a piece of this. Whether it was, you know, I mean I know I said the Birkenstock thing a bunch, but whether it's these I mean, you had a thing it was like big wide leg pleated trousers with like a uh with like a white t shirt tucked in and the collar was kind of ripped and i don't I don't even maybe this is me making this up now, but maybe it was like a little like necklace or something on that and then then you would have like i think one of them was like a mask, and the dude had a mask, and there was like a basket on it, and I was like, "What the hell is this? but it was really, really beautiful uh like i've I have so many of the shoots that you've done just like saved that I'll pop up and look at and like try to understand it
1: i mean you know that was like a great time i mean that was. I mean, I suppose we did what I worked on. I don't know how many issues they did. Like, I worked on every single issue bar one and I was had a title as fashion director for maybe the last three or four. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I basically shot nearly every single fashion image they
2: made. I suppose, like, you know, probably
1: 80% of the fashion in that magazine. Um, You know, and they were just, super collaborative team they gave me a platform they gave just just kind of let me do what I felt was right and you know Simon particularly you know as the editor was just like do what you feel do you know Mm -hmm. you think this is right then then go ahead and do it but I don't think really ever did someone go you know I don't think you should do that and like you know it was a shame when it closed but you know I don't run the the economics of these things you know I just I just you know I was a creative platform for me that we were building and I felt it was really exciting but you know I don't have to pay people's wages I mean I wasn't getting a wage so didn't really like but it was kind of like you know I was I don't have to run it I don't have to pay to print it and you know I just made, made the fucking cool pictures <laughs> with people i wanted to make cool pictures with and kind of was like right you know this is interesting maybe we can reach like people that aren't where inventory came from and it's funny when you hear that certain people maybe read it that you thought would never have even known existed but you know it's all in the past but yeah you <laughs> know like i got to make cool stuff and i got to kind of connect with brands that i wouldn't have got to connect with you know i was like you know i was obviously like obsessed with Takahiro Miyashita like who's just again it's just like he's of, the
0: designer of the Soloist he is yeah and yeah. formerly
1: number 9 and you know he's just like the most exceptional just you know like this guy is just on another fucking planet <laughs> like when you i you know i get the privilege of going into his showroom in Paris every season mm-hmm. now he has a showroom there and it's like the level of workmanship the level of design the attention to detail and development every single piece every single season which is always different like start from scratch you know it's just it's like nothing else anywhere else you go in there's just there's just it's just not the same
0: would you say he's your favorite designer
1: Uh, i think he's one of my favorite designers i think he's basically sort of one of the coolest people on fucking earth (laughs) (laughs) along with Stefano Pilati. And it's like, you know, so just to look at, he's just inspiring because he's just, you know, he's just unique. Right. But as a designer, just, he's just, just dedication, which to this idea, it's just, you know, and it's just not seen in men.
2: You know, that's true.
1: like zero commerciality. It's just, you know, like there's not a commercial shape in there. The level is just insane. And just, you know, like you can never kind of second guess what the silhouette will be or how he'll mix something. And it's just, you know, like just everything down to kind of the detail on every single little button might be changed, you know, right. like that season. You're just like, my God, just, you know. <laughs> and you kind of wish you could have a really good chat with him about it, but he's not really a chatterbox.
0: Yeah, I heard his, his English is, is not that much. I, I and...
1: think even if you speak Japanese, like he's just he's just not a chatterbox. Like right. he's you know, he's super cool and like I'm you know I've had the privilege of, you know, having drinks and have dinner with him and you know, he's he's funny, but he's not like he'll never sit down and tell you his life story. like try as you might and i have tried and kind of tried to commission features and do things and you just get these sort of just nuts things back that kind of you know like he just he just doesn't want to do it and that's fine he doesn't need to like his work just speaks for it right um you know it's kind of kind of cooler he is because he's more elusive and just you're just like fuck this guy's just amazing like (laughs) you know like but you'd love to be able to kind of pick apart how he got there yeah and you can you get nuggets every so often but not like not like i will with a kind of western designer right where you get more of a, a conversation and more of a kind of like as you get to know them you get a bit more of like who they are like i you know that'll probably never happen with him um but you know i don't care it's a privilege to see that work every season it's you know it's a privilege to buy it it's a just it's a privilege to wear it. It's just, you know, it's just sort of there. You know, years ago when I was kind of taking home the lookbooks from the from the fashion cupboard of like his number nine shows and things like that, you're just like, you know, this was so distant. The idea that you would have dinner with this person one day, yeah. But you no, know, I suppose it's a small world.
0: <laughs> um. So one one of the other things I wanted to talk about is like right now in terms of of fashion and like the fashion world for some reason this is fine but everything is okay every single style for some reason is fine there's not maybe it's because of how the internet has been in that everything is welcoming and we're all friends and we're all even though we're all not (laughs) um but I, i feel like style people are just saying is more of like the confidence and, and who they are. And I, I think that that's true, but there's because of that, it's just like this carnival, this circus where, where there's so many different looks and, and it's, I, I don't know. I guess like the question is more of like, how how do you feel about this
2: right now? Um, do, Or do you even care? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I kind of don't really care. No, that's fine. It's like, I'm I, like, it's weird, but sort of what the digital age has, has
1: created, Mm -hmm. you know, like in fashion sense and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very much on the, the the fringe of fashion industry. I'm far from kind of really a part of it. Um, It's just where I do my work. It's just, you know, like I'm, you know, I don't go to parties. I,
3: you know, yeah
1: and i have loads of fashion friends you know i just you know it's not no particular reason it's just it's just not sort of a scene i'm in you know like and so i see it from the fringe but you're like still just you know fashion shows are fucking mental now <laughs> you know like it's, true. it's you know it is just to the point where like i just think you know i don't have to go like it's not my job to go Um it's obviously very nice if you're invited, but kind of I'm I'm so invisible that kind of I don't really get invited, but if I want to I could probably get invited. Um but a lot of time I think, you know what, do I wanna go? And I think maybe not at the minute. Like because right. maybe if it's at night if it's an evening show, because then there won't be any like photographers. they like the the everything's kind of like down two notches because you can't take pictures at night.
0: Yeah. It's but not going to be so much street
1: stuff. It can just become like so much. And it's kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite, What well, I kind of sort of, I suppose, like share my identity and my, my voice online, like as an actual person, I'm quite private. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't have a lot of friends. I have a very, very small group of people I spend time with, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not, particularly sociable not for any reason i'm just i'm just not I'm just not very sort of comfortable with it and working in this industry has had to make me more comfortable a lot more outgoing than i was you know 10 years ago you know because i have to be right but you know like when i when i start when i was an assistant you know like i couldn't even sit and eat dinner with people i was really? so nervous i couldn't eat a meal oh man you know so it's kind of you know Oh, thank God for alcohol, but it's kind of you know, like you know, it was it was that sort of like crippling, but you know, then you're kind of you've just got these kind of you know you just you know I'm not very important. Normally, you no, know, you know, like, and it's kind of like I don't really like sort of feeling like you're sort of like, you. you were, the industry created their own paparazzi, and now we have our own paparazzi, and it's you know, and while that that some a of those. Point paparazzi are friends of mine and are people i really like and actually really like their work and i view their work um and enjoy it you know it's another great thing to look at online particularly when like tommy was doing his being right at the start you know mm-hmm. it was fucking amazing when i met tommy outside a show in milan like it was you know it's like a privilege that he wanted to stop and take my picture i wasn't there with that go, I was there because I was like, "Oh cool, I can go to the Burberry show!" Like, I want to go to the Burberry show. Like, you know, this would right. be really interesting. Like, because at that stage I hadn't been to many fashion shows, and I was like, oh, "You know,
0: is this when you were like head to toe soloist?" Yeah,
1: and yeah, yeah, he just sort of stopped him. Was like, he said, again. Like, I suppose that's a weird thing. He knew who I was, and I sort of knew who, sort of who he was, and. It was a bit awkward because neither of us obviously really wanted to sort of say, oh, I know who you are from the internet. Because <laughs> <it's, you> know, <laughs> like, really stupid when you say it out loud. Right. And, you know, I suppose, you know, over the, the time we built a friendship, you know, based on that, that we'd all be in the same kind of place and we'd see each other. But, it, you know, I see Tommy for five minutes here, five minutes there, five minutes, you know, and every so often I get to spend Twenty minutes with him in an environment where it's not a fashion show, and that's really nice as well because we get to just talk without him needing to be working or me needing to be working or yeah anyone else in the room.
0: There's not a million other distractions.
1: It, it, exactly, and that's great because he's got an amazing perspective on things, and we can just chat about stuff we're into. um But yeah, so you, I don't know. We we had I lost my train of thought with it, but you know we there's that element of kind of like everything being documented and it becomes too much. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of pull away from it. Okay. Just, you know, I don't, I didn't, I didn't like the idea when you went and it's like, you know, you're not really important. And you've got someone sort of, you know, some funny person pushing someone out of the way to try and take a picture of this. Fuck. I just want to get in here without anyone seeing me. And see this show because that's why I'm here. I want to see these clothes. I want to experience this event that this designer's put on, and I want to be here for that. I don't really want to share it on my phone, which is another thing that I don't really like. But I don't really like is this, you know. And again, sounds like double standards because, you know, I probably exist far more on Instagram than I do in real life. Right. You know, more people know who I am, or engage with me through that than have ever met me in real life or have ever had a conversation with me in real life or who probably ever will um but you know i don't really share i don't if i go to shows i don't my goal is not it's not like i'm getting an instagram shot of being at this show i I really want to see what the designer has done and how are they telling that story like because that's what's interesting that's why they're doing it Right. Or should be why they're doing it. But like that's why they're spending all the money. I don't know money. if that's
0: why everyone's doing it, but I I agree that well, that's what it should be.
1: I I again, I think certain things like that have become... like fashion has become a trend in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a different that's a different story. Oh yeah. But you know, while I want to go to a fashion show, I want to see what designer has done. I'm not going to a fashion show to sort of be part of a fashion show. That's not, you know, like and again, I don't, I don't need to be there for work. You know, like I'm not an editor, so I don't really have any place being there. Like. But sometimes for me, when it's someone you are inspired by, mm-hmm. I want to see the context of which they have they have communicated their work. And you can't see that just from a picture of a show. Right. You know, it's like the energy, the sort of emotion, sometimes even the smell of a space, the Texture of a space that like everything else that's there beyond the clothes is sometimes just as important, so you really understand it and you really like, you know, you go away with a feeling. You know, right. I remember like sneaking into kind of Rick Owen shows and just, you know, like you just went in there and then you just like, this is just fucking amazing. Like, you know, the music just tore through you, it just and you just stood there and you just left and you just like, just buzzing. Yeah. And it wasn't about look one or look eight or look six or whatever. It was just like, it was just like, just the energy is just. The whole experience. Just, just everything. Right. And you you just couldn't get that. You don't get that from a video and you don't get that from a still, you know? And that's what a fashion show is for. And you're like, you know, like, just like, yeah. that You know, and it was inspiring. You just, you just left and you're just like buzzing.
0: It, it always makes me wonder, and this is totally fine, but like just how a, a maybe I sound really nerdy saying this, but, like, just how a band will tour. Like, I wonder why there has never been, like, a fashion show that's toured. Uh, Maybe, you know, saying that, people are like, whoa, you're an idiot. But there is a a lot of beauty to a really good runway show. And what if that went to different cities? Like, LA, Paris, I I don't know.
1: I mean, it's a valid point in... In how, what fashion is has, or how fashion has evolved and become sort of essentially like public property at the minute. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you know we've made something exclusive and something like like sort of private, mm-hmm. public, and that's kind of like
2: something I think maybe the industry is still
1: coming to terms with what they've created. Mm-hmm. Because now suddenly, you know, like, we question, you know, the hot topic is, well, what is a fashion show? Well, we've changed what a fashion show is by letting the public see it when it happens. Right. Yeah, I mean, I watched the it, RAF show
0: live it, on it, someone's Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: it's like, we've changed this. We've changed the, the, the formula. Mm-hmm. So suddenly it's not for the industry to preview the ideas for the forthcoming season to inform their editorial, to f- to inform their story, to inform their trends. Right. It's now right there for the customer. So mm. you get this kind of, you know, see now, buy now, which is at the minute a gimmick. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, I, I don't think structurally it really sort of works and can work on a kind of a big scale because also like, you know, it's, Yeah, I don't think the supply chain's evolved enough, which is like another boring (laughs) thing that I don't really know enough about to kind of really make a really sensible point on, but I don't think it really sort of works. It sounds like a gimmick. When brands do it, rarely does it sound actually what, see now, buy now, it's like, oh, you can buy this t-shirt that we put down the runway, but you can't buy Look 4. Right. Because the reality is, is like Look 4 might never be made. Yeah, that's very true. That's the system, like, so you know but could a fashion show tour well the way we're going yeah and and maybe it (laughs) should do because maybe that's really what it's about Mm -hmm. um but
2: i doubt it yeah because
1: fashion show worth seeing like i don't know whether like those people really kind of those designers really kind of like Like who's going to pay for that? <laughs> that's that's
0: true. I mean, to, you know, like, to get are you going to sell and... tickets? Maybe yeah.
1: I suppose. Like, I, suppose, I maybe yeah. It'd have maybe. to be a big. Maybe, designer maybe you could sell tickets to a Raph Simmons show in every city. You probably could at the minute, and maybe it would just about sort of pay for the cost of the show. Yeah. Um, but but would people want to repeat it? Would it be valid? I don't know. I don't. I don't again it's a moment of expression yeah to complete and it's to complete it's to complete a path and then to set another path in motion so it's like the end of a designer's um story mm-hmm. for a season it's the end of you know it's like the emotional end of like creativity for them like it the, should be the high point where the whole story comes together and then it's handed over to business, right? And then it becomes, you know, it in goes the in the showroom, yeah. And people go buy it, and then it, you know, becomes a reality six months later in a retail store. And the story continues onto a consumer. But it's kind of like, yeah, but like would it would it really work? Like repeat, <laughs> would that same creative energy, that same motion, be repeated? Performance on performance. And I mean, yeah. you can say that of a band performance as well, like maybe it, you know it isn't like but that that's the sort of the tricky thing you know i think you know you see it already like commercial shows do do move cities or kind of you know but like or it's
0: broadcast i mean victoria's secret does their yeah. live broadcast yeah, yeah yeah and that's
1: like because it's kind of like a f- sort of a fantasy circus that kind of is relevant to so many people mm-hmm. it's probably almost just not even kind of quantifiable like and it's like so it's totally sort of viable like for that to be on tv and people to watch it i mean i mean i suppose technically like if you could find like no it's yeah tv station could broadcast like a rap show and people would probably tune in and watch it yeah but not as many people as a victoria's secret show because it's a completely different thing yeah but it's okay i don't know if there's an answer yeah it, it become for me it just becomes like a really different thing and it's kind of like I, would you lose that kind of
2: creative emotion would you lose that experience like because
1: if it's if the show isn't delivering that then it might as well just be a picture in a lookbook right. it's only when you like have an experience that you you know like that whole environment informs somebody's vision of what it is you're doing more so than you sort of just a press release in a picture. I think, you know, like really successful stuff,
2: you know, like works. It's like, you know, a Tom Brown show, you know, like just, you know, they're just like out of hand, just, just, just so bonkers and just amazing. And they're just, you know, like, I mean, they're just
1: pure creative expression, in my opinion. Like, they, you know, like, I've never had the opportunity to kind of meet him or really speak to anyone. So it's completely kind of just my experience from attending some of his shows. But you're like, this is just, you know, it's just, it's just nuts for like, you know, for a business, you know, like for commercially, for a product that's sweatpants and, Oxford shirts. Yeah, very successful business.
0: He never wanted to sell at one point. I mean, when Tom's, when Tom, the the retail started, and I, because I had done some stuff with them at one point, um, they wanted 100 Hudson, the the shop downtown, to just be uh, black shoes, either dark charcoal or light gray suits, white Oxford shirts. Yeah. That's it. You weren't allowed to buy anything else there. Yeah. And, their retail staff would order they would order like flannel shirts and plaid stuff from the shirt factory and then like hide them whenever Tom would come into town or not not into town whenever he would come downtown like they, I'm dead serious <laughs> they would hide this because Tom was like, you know we i don't want anything else sold here except like the uniform yeah uh and it, it's fascinating how that but I mean was that yeah
1: out. i mean he to me someone I've never got to meet but is just it just yeah like th- he's Level of sort of precision, you know, like uh, sometimes in repetition, mm-hmm. sometimes in kind of just just sheer silhouette, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, everything is kind of just beautifully executed. It's not like it's all for show, but it's all real, right? If you know what I mean, like it's all like product like and then the theater of things that he does you know every show has an incredible theatrical element to it and you you feel it you know like sometimes it can be very long and like but i don't know like maybe like because i i don't have to go to the next show or the next yeah like, i can i i've never sat one and thought oh, fuck we've been here ages And we're going to miss this thing or this thing. Yeah. Or I'm going to get in trouble for me. Or I need to
0: order my car before this is done so I can get out of here. Exactly.
1: I'm just thinking, wow, you know, (laughs) if I can talk to people about this tomorrow, talk to people at dinner about this. Right. Like, and say, were you there? And if you weren't there, you should have been there. Because like, (laughs) this was was nuts. Like, this was really exciting. And it's like,
2: you know, sadly, those words aren't,
1: nattered between ourselves that often right um but you know he's another exception where there's just you know like he's not considering putting down the runway the thing that he sells
0: no it's true in the shop a lot of that stuff doesn't get made
1: and you know but even when he did that he did that thing at Pityumo like and it was just like 50 desks yeah all just repetition in Essentially in the kind of the Tom Brown sort of uniforms, this was sort of pre theatrical Tom, and I think it was pre-theatrical Tom. I don't think he'd really done anything that theatrical before. But this was theatre in itself. The, for me, the repetition of such an incredibly strong and still very distinct silhouette. Mm-hmm. But repeated painstakingly and perfectly over however many it was done was just it just stuck with you, it was so powerful, yeah. so few people doing like doing stuff like that, doing it really, really well, and it's like, yeah, he was just you know, and I don't wear his clothes i don't think I've ever bought any of his clothes because I don't really wear suits, but you know, just creatively you're like, wow, that's good stuff, and you know yeah. I always think yeah, I, I want to go, you know i 'd even go to like a Montclair one
0: well that I mean that's that's a that's a good sort of stopping point per se. Like, I mean, before we, we totally wrap up is, is there any other stuff you want to add or mention or um, it's okay. Otherwise I just want to,
3: I don't think
1: so. Oh, I think we covered, you know, I've rambled about a bunch of, a bunch of things. Hopefully you can knit. No, no, into, this is great. Into something kind of coherent.
0: No, it's, it's, it's good. This is really good. Well, but thank you very, very much for coming on.
1: Okay, thanks for having me.
0: All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to Blammo. If you like what you heard, leave a review. It helps what others know and discover the show. Subscribe and listen to new and archive episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me elsewhere on the web on Instagram and Facebook at Blammo Podcast or send me an email at jeremy at BlamoPod.com. We'll see you next week.